What's going on, guys? Back for another episode of the Weekly Knoll Reaction Podcast. I'm going to be your host tonight, Clint Island, with the Daily Knoll. Uh, Mike will not be joining me. He's working on the recap and whatnot. So uh, we're just going to go over the Floor State victory tonight, 22-21 over Boston College. That is 20th ranked Boston College. Excuse me, got to put proper respect on that. Uh, a game that was very frustrating for most of the night. I really think that that <laughs> may have been one of the most frustrating Floor State games of the season just because of how that how it played out, how Florida State had a lot of opportunities, but never really seemed to capitalize on them until the very end when they came up with a victory. So just a reminder, since this is an instant reaction, you might hear some noises in the background. I'm not editing as much, and I'm kind of just going off the top of my head and what I wrote down throughout the night. So 22-21, uh, we're just going to break it down, I guess, by pieces for most of this. So... Uh, let's start with the offense, right? Boston College has a good defense. It's Steve Adazio, and they're not elite in any one area, but they're pretty solid overall. They have some weaknesses. Uh, if you know how to hit them, you can. Well, Florida State, for the most part, didn't really hit them. Uh, that was what was kind of weird about this was, for most of the game, uh, Florida State had an idea of what Boston College's weaknesses were, uh, the Eagles like to put their safeties close to the box. They really emphasize on shutting down the run, right? But they didn't actually do that much this game at all. And Florida State's offensive line had one of their best performances of the season, I would say. Uh, Cam Akers, 110 yards, one touchdown, average of 7.9 yards per carry, but that's kind of inflated because of a 55-yard run. But regardless, Florida State actually did threaten in the ground game, and I think that that was benefiting the passing game. Now, Francois didn't actually take advantage of it, but it actually still forced the safeties to stay in that box because Boston College could not produce the proper pressure with just four. Like, Notre Dame could, right? Because Notre Dame would just put five in there, four linemen, one linebacker, and they were able to get pressure regardless on both the run and the pass. And Boston College was not able to do that tonight. And it's hard to understate that because Boston College has spent much of the year shutting down the run. So the fact that Florida State, in all of its difficulties, was able to do this, I mean, that's a great sign. That is a huge sign of progress. It might be a one-off. You never know. But this has steadily become a more competent offense throughout these past few games, even if the final scores did not show that, right? For most of this game, DeAndre Francois, like I said, he just wasn't he wasn't playing within the offense because Florida State had open guys down the field. They had Tamori and Terry going deep. They had Nyquan Murray going deep, which is a bit of an odd decision. But overall, the Seminoles liked what they saw in the back end of the defense, right? I mean, they had open receivers. They had matchups that they liked. But for whatever reason, Francois was just off. And you you saw the, you heard the Boo Birds come out. You could hear them on TV and everything. Because Florida State fans were witnessing a pretty poor job at the quarterback position. And you started hearing the conversation, you know, did he make a mistake starting Francois? Is it a very bad sign that Blackman is going to try to redshirt while Francois tries to ride out the rest of the season? And for three quarters, and really even most of the fourth quarter, that was a correct assumption. And it doesn't change, regardless of the result. You can't just judge a decision based off the end of a game, right? And a win over a ranked team, because that's not a good process to do so. But 
Florida State really did not like what they saw out of Francois, especially the two early interceptions. Uh, they just they really weren't even close. I mean, it was just that's one thing. If it's close, but he's having a bad game, it's whatever. Because there are certain things you can't really fix there. But on the passes downfield and both those interceptions, it just wasn't even near. It was not even close to with the intended target. And it was getting bad for Francois. He started to heat up in the second half. I, he had more passing yards in the second half. I know that for a fact, if for no other reason than the fact that Tamori and Terry had the long 74-yard touchdown. He finishes with 322 yards, Francois does. 19 for 39, one touchdown, two interceptions. If he plays like that against Florida, they're not winning. If he actually hits the receivers that were open, they have a good shot because Florida's weakness is actually those safeties and those cornerbacks. But he can't play like that next week if they want to win. It's just that simple. And he's kind of lucky they eked out here. But, uh, you know, when you look at his career, Francois has a good track record at the end of games. I think back to Michigan in the Orange Bowl when he had a huge throw to Nyquan Murray to win it. And he had those a couple other passes throughout the game. Overall, again, it, it, overall, he was not good. It was like this game. He just wasn't good. But at the end, he comes through and puts just absolute dimes on the field into his receiver's hands. Another North Carolina in 2016, he actually, he did drive down and he did take the lead. He had an awesome play at the goal line, but that didn't work out because Forsyth's defense caved in the final seconds. But regardless, Francois actually deserves some respect, especially considering he could have caved again. He could have thrown an interception or he could have kind of given up, I guess, or done another dumb move, but... He didn't, and that's why the team came out with a win today, because he showed up at the exact right time. Other notable things, uh, Trey McKitty had a bad game. He had, what, like three drops, two drops, especially a really bad one in the red zone when Florida State could have taken the lead. Not a, not a good game from him. Keyshawn Hilton had a great game, six receptions, 73 yards. What a steal. I mean, 2018 recruiting class, Keyshawn Hilton comes out of nowhere, basically has no other Power 5 offers besides Florida State. And it's kind of a question of, you know, what? why did they take him? Is this really necessary? Well, he's proving. I mean, he is a good returner. He's a good receiver. He, tr- he trucked a Boston College safety. It was an incredible play. He trucked him, and he's looking like a very, very good scouting job by Taggart and his staff. Moving to the other side of the ball, defense, arguably the stars of the show. This defense had a fantastic match I mean it it, I'm not going to say it's the best game of the season for them because I think they had a couple other really great performances that got washed out by the offense but the defense today shut down a Boston College team who had two of its best players healthy in our previews we wrote that you know oh it, it depends on if Anthony Brown is out or if AJ Dillon is out it actually didn't matter and I'm I'm genuinely shocked at what the FSU defense did tonight because both Dylan and Brown were in, but they frustrated them all night. A.J. Dillon averaged 3.1 yards per carry. He had 37 carries for 116 yards. That's really not good. That's not his usual game, but Florida State shut him down. The whole team, in fact, 125 yards total rushing for Boston College. 2.6 yards per carry. That is a great result by the defense. Uh, Anthony Brown, 297 yards, two interceptions, but he was... He was off for most of the night. I actually actually think he kind of played worse than Francois, just based off my initial observation. 
Obviously, I'd, I'd have to go back and watch some of this tape to figure out who exactly had a great game, if my initial observations were correct. But uh, this defense, what I noticed was the linebackers. Because before this, it was Dontavious Jackson and basically nobody. <laughs> I mean, Leonard Warner had some duty, but he really wasn't good. Declan Brooks, you know, high effort guy, but again, just not what you need from that linebacker position. Tonight, we saw Dontavious Jackson had a good game. But more importantly, both Leonard Warner and Emmett Rice looked decent. They didn't look like liabilities, and that's really what you're asking for, right? Because in those other games, I mean, they were just, they were hitting holes that weren't there. They were having no effect on the play besides thinking that they're filling a gap. Well, tonight, they actually looked like they were filling those gaps. They actually came into contact with A.J. Dillon and frustrated him and at least got him stumbled before someone else came in. You know, looking at the tape, at least last week, it kind of looked like Barnett just told his linebackers, find a hole and hit it. Don't really react. And if you do react, hope that it's a quick decision. And there's more than enough tape of Leonard Warner just sitting around, just trying to find out where a play is going and just failing at it. Tonight, I mean, they were successful. They actually did sell out at stopping A.J. Dillon. And they kind of dared A.J. or they kind of dared Anthony Brown to beat him. And Brown couldn't. Brown was inaccurate. And I think the pass coverage from the quarterbacks, especially. Asante Samuel and Stanford Samuels had very good games. Uh, I think they did a really good job on all their receivers. Stanford Samuels gave up a touchdown, but that was just that was one of the few great plays by Anthony Brown and the receiver. Otherwise, I think that they really shut down the options. Uh, I think Colby White or Kobe White, excuse me, he had a good game actually, 121 yards. You know, long of 42, so that's a bit exaggerated. The tight ends, that was where it became kind of questionable. I didn't like how Barnett put Brian Burns in coverage a couple times. I think that that was not the best decision, and we saw Boston College convert a few long yardage situations because of that. But again, this is all kind of you know things that I didn't like, things that could be tweaked. Uh, third downs, again, also some weird, weird <laughs> zone coverage on third downs. I don't... I don't know what he was telling the safeties, but they were playing 25 yards back on a 15-yard down. I mean, you're, you're going to get thrown on in the middle every single time you try that. So I don't know if that was a coaching decision or if that was just players not doing what they were supposed to do. I think that's a very necessary win for the Florida State defense. And maybe even if it wasn't a win, it was a good performance by them, right? Because they've gotten blown out in three straight weeks and just run over by teams that figured out the blueprint for beating them and tonight Boston College they tried that blueprint and in the second half they were a bit more successful throwing over the middle overall not much there I think the defense really played to its potential I think they still have some weaknesses and I'm not sure that that linebacker play from tonight is going to hold up yet for the rest of the season that's encouraging right because you have one more game to play you got to beat Florida Huge pressure game. We might have a podcast before that one just because of the nature of the game. But it's a lot of pressure. I'm not sure that the defense is going to be playing that well again just because I think Dan Mullen is a very good coach and I think he'll be able to exploit some of those linebackers. 
he'll probably be able to exploit <laughs> Brian Burns if he gets him in coverage. And that's going to be a tough matchup for Florida State. I'm not sure how that's going to go yet. I'd have to look into the numbers and some of the tape. But uh, for now, defense played well. I think that was a great bounce-back effort. And uh, one final thing I want to get to before I wrap up here. The importance of this win for recruiting cannot be understated. In order to have a good class, you need to meet a minimum win total. And you know, wins and losses aren't that indicative for a first-year head coach just because it's not his players, it's not his team yet. But you're kidding yourself if recruits are looking at a team and they're seeing, you know, a four-win team and going, wow, I don't want to spend my time there. I Even if I can come in early, I don't know how long it's going to take to get that team up and rolling. Well, you're Florida State. You just beat a ranked team at home in a high-pressure situation. That speaks to recruits, and it shows that this team has not all given up. It shows that this team is willing to fight for each other. And more importantly, it shows progress. So even if they do finish the season 5-7, and seven, you know, that, that can be a recruiting pitch. That can, they can go out and tell kids, look, we're 5-7. and seven. We're one win away from a bowl. You, you could be that difference maker. You could come on this team and we could make a bowl with your play next year. Excuse me if I have a gravelly voice for much of this. I just ate dinner and it's not a good idea to eat dinner and then go on for a podcast or radio show. Good tip there for anyone who's planning on doing that. Florida State wins 22-21. We'll have more of an article on the recruiting situation during the week just because of how monumental that game was. You may you may have just saved the class. I think that's a fair argument. A final word to our sponsors, nofan.org and Southern Solutions, LLC. Great sponsors, been with us for quite some time. We're always thankful. And uh, you know what? It's Thanksgiving, right? So be thankful. Be thankful for your friends, your family. And for us, we're especially thankful for our sponsors and our fans and our listeners so thank you for tuning in. I'm Clint Island, and since Mike's not here, I'll do the ceremonial adios.